Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Drew's Views. I'm your host Andrew and welcome to the podcast again. This is episode 2 of season 1 and we are doing Resident Evil Apocalypse. This is part 2 of our Resident Evil retrospective or Resident Evil in review or however you want to call this or anything like that. But this is the second episode based off of the Resident Evil franchise. And we're going to go into it with just the facts, so stay tuned. Now, as I've mentioned before um, in the last episode, with, you know, it being as, I'm not going to lie, it was pretty terrible. Like, listening to it, and then as well as, like, basically reviewing what was going on in said review and episode as to basically where we're at right now, I kind of definitely needed a uh, more structured um, sounding feel to the episode. So bear with me if episode two is a little bit similar to the first episode. Like I said, I'm doing a new structure right now where I basically piece together all of whatever I'm basically talking about with, you know, said reviews or whatever, you know, basically I'm speaking at at the moment. And, yeah, this next segment is called Just the Facts. So pretty much I'm going to go over, you know, little factoids about whatever I'm reviewing. So this case being Resident Evil Apocalypse. Resident Evil Apocalypse was uh, out in September 10th, 2004. Um, The director was Alexander Witt. Now, if you remember from the last movie, the director was Paul W.S. Anderson. Um, he did not return to this movie only because he was in the process of doing um, Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator now being a complete abomination. Don't worry, we'll definitely get to that eventually. But, um, yeah, Alexander Witt, as far as what I looked up, as far as his like history or his Wikipedia page... This guy's resume is actually kind of stacked. Now, granted, this is his first and possibly only movie. He has two other movies that's in development, but I guess they're in limbo because I guess they're TBA, to be honest. Or, to be honest, to be announced. Um, And he was the second unit director for uh, both Speed movies, Speed 1 and uh, Speed 2 Cruise Control. He was the second unit director for Money Train, you know, that Wesley Snipes, uh, Woody Harrelson movie, their second collaboration. Uh, he was uh, the second year director for Twister, Gladiator, a bunch of different other uh, Ridley Scott movies. And he was also a second year director for Avengers Infinity War. So, I mean, he did a lot of uh, some of the MCU movies as well, too. So I'm actually kind of surprised that he didn't really, you know, take the time to do more, you know, solo directing efforts. And within saying that, I can kind of see why. He doesn't, because I want to say maybe this movie discouraged him into not becoming a full-fledged director. But, hey, we'll get to that. Uh, it was written, though, by Paul W.S. Anderson, so he didn't really drop out of the franchise together. Like, this is still his bread and butter. This is still his baby. So he was the writer for this movie. It uh, came out September 10th, uh, 2004, as I said. Um, the budget with a budget of $45 million, but the box office return was $129.3 million. So it basically doubled, yeah, well, doubled, almost tripled uh, the actual budget. So I want to say it actually did pretty well in warning for yet another sequel, which we'll get to within a couple of weeks. Um, the Rotten Tomato score for this is 20%. 
critics were not kind to this. They really did not like this movie at all. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. It, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's definitely one of those movies that are, it, it definitely warrants a 20% on the Rotten Tomato score, which is funny because looking into it more, audiences in general actually liked it more than the actual critics. So the audiences now um, gave it like a 91% as people liked it, as far as what I saw from Google's uh, returns. So uh, I guess it is what it is. I mean, critics hate it. Audiences love it. I am in the category where I basically am mixed. I'm, I'm half and half, let's put it that way. From a critical standpoint, yikes. But from an audience standpoint, cool. Um, the opening weekend take was $23 million. I did not see this in the theaters. So I guess, how old was I? This movie came out in 2004. I was 14 at the time. I saw it on DVD, as a matter of fact. It was one of the first like DVDs that I remember uh, renting and actually viewing. So I, yeah, it was back when I was in Cali, as a matter of fact. Um, it made basically roughly 20 million more than the original. So the original movie, as far as like budgeting and then uh, box office return as well too, the box office return for Resident Evil is about around 109, $110 million if you want to round it off, whereas this one made about 129. So it actually made more money than the original, which is a good thing as far as the sequel is concerned because then it warrants even more sequels and it warrants basically a trilogy of sorts of anything like that, as we all know. It didn't stop at a trilogy, so we got five more lovely films to do after this. Um, so, I mean, as far as, like, the actors that are in it or anything like that, I mean, Milia, Volkov Mil Mil sorry. Milia Jokovich comes back as Alice, as a returning, the returning heroine from the first movie. And we also have uh, newcomers, uh, Sienna... Uh, Gilroy, who was actually Jill Valentine in this. We have Odette Fair, wonderful actor, as a matter of fact. Uh, you may have known him from uh, The Mummy. He was in The Mummy. He was the, like that one badass Medjai dude that was in there. He was actually in The Mummy Returns as well, too. Voiced a ton of different characters as well, too, if you probably uh, remember. I mean, once, he's, once you hear his voice, he's like one of those like easily recognizable voices that you can't, that immediately you hear him and you're like, oh, that is him or anything like that, so... Definitely check him out, if anything. He was in a TV show as well, too, that aired on Showtime. It was called uh, Sleeper Cell as well, too, where he played, like, a terrorist of some sort. So, yeah, really cool actor. He plays uh, Carlos Oliveira, who actually was in the third game, which is where this movie basically is mostly based off of. I want to say the entirety of this film is Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. That's literally what this movie is, but just shortened and just not really in particular to the actual plot of the video game. It tries to do its own thing and fails miserably, but hey, <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is for them, I guess. Claire Redfield, uh, who is actually the heroine from uh, Resident Evil 2, uh, who is actually Chris Redfield's uh, sister. She was actually supposed to be in this movie, but the actress that was, that was supposed to portray her actually dropped out so sad face on that but don't worry she'll be back for the next film um mino servino was actually supposed to be jill but she dropped out as well too mia servino is uh paul servino's daughter she was in uh the replacement killers if you remember that you know lovely movie with chow young fat i think john woo directed it i want to say john woo directed it yeah he probably did yeah who knows but yeah he did that 
and she dropped out, and Sienna Gilroy was actually, you know, in her place. Uh, leading out the cast would be Mike Epps as LJ. He's more of like the comic relief of the movie, if anything like that, but he's actually pretty decent in this, I'm not going to lie, he is one of the best parts in it. Um, Snoop Dogg was actually supposed to be his character, which I was shocked by, I, I didn't even know that myself. I was like, damn, could I have seen Snoop Dogg in this? But he dropped out. So, a lot of people are just dropping out. Maybe they were just nervous about this. Maybe they just didn't feel like it was going to make enough money. Maybe it was just like really not worth their time. Who knows? I mean, at the time, 2004? Well, Snoop was probably recording his new album at the time. Because his, his next album, I think it was Rhythm and Gangsta. That came out in 2005. So, or was it before that? Anywho, whatever. It is what it is, and he just dropped out. But it's just wild thinking of you know, Snoop Dogg as this character, which would be pretty cool. And uh, that's basically <clears throat> the gist and or the facts of this movie. So now we're going to get into the likes and dislikes. So basically what I like and, you know, self-explanatory and what I dislike about the film. So check it out. Coming up next. And we are back with our likes and dislikes of this film, Resident Evil Apocalypse. So there are a ton of action scenes in this, like literally an adrenaline rush of martial arts, explosions, chase scenes, gunfights. Essentially, this is basically like the Michael Bay of these films. It just goes so out of there. Like from beginning all the way to the end, there's probably about a reprieve from the action every or so five minutes but then in between that you get like these long segments of either a gunfight or i don't know some kind of weird slow motion scene or anything like that or <laughs> this there's one scene in particular where there's um there's a woman being chased by like a shitload of zombies and she's running she's running she gets up to this like door and she has to press like a keypad before like i don't know like a swarm of zombie or horde rather of zombies start coming after her so she starts pressing like the buttons or whatever like that. She inputs the wrong code mysteriously, and she gets overrun by these zombies. In the ensuing chaos, she somehow just manages to open said door up, even though like those zombies could have easily just have teared her apart. And she runs outside to the rooftop. Now, one of our heroes, Carlos Oliveira, is floating in the top in a helicopter with his homies and they're basically he notices that the you know the, the woman you know trapped against her will and she needs to basically survive this or help her so what does this guy do he tells his uh, comrade his name's Nikolai we'll get into Nikolai later trust me he's a great character <laughs> great character to talk about and <laughs> Carlos now attaches like a rappel, uh, no, he attaches like a rope around his waist and then he jumps off of the helicopter like fucking 100 feet high and fucking swan dives and then takes out both of his guns and shoots like fucking action hero style. Boom, boom, boom. Starts shooting off zombies, picking them off left, 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 right and center. And the way he lands made me burst out laughing because it literally looks exactly like, you know that scene in Mission Impossible where Tom Cruise is, like, fucking rappelling down into that little, like, laser area, and he, like, just stops suddenly. Literally the exact same thing happened. As the helicopter is flying over, defying every law of physics known to man, but hey, action movies. Gets out, he gets off of his little little harness, whatever like that, starts shooting, 
And then the girl like just like looks at him and he's like, okay, come with us. We're here to save you. She's like, no, there's no saving this. And she jumps off the building. That was it for her, I guess. So everything that he just did literally made one zero sense. Two, it was a waste of ammunition. I mean, come on now, this is survival horror. But then again, movie land. And three, he did all those acrobatics and all those like unnecessary action movements just for that. Now, I'm sounding very picky or particular about this, but don't worry. I still got my entertainment's worth. There are a bunch of other scenes that are as goofy and or as weird as that scene was. There's another scene where Alice makes her grand debut, so to speak. She, It's in the middle of a church, and uh, Jill, I guess her partner in crime, I've, I literally have no idea what the guy's name is. That's how, you know off-the-cut character this guy is. Some reporter lady uh, that they found earlier in the movie, and then they're, I guess, there, um, in the church, surrounded by liquors. Now, if you remember how my conversation was about the liquors, I loved the liquors in this movie than I did in the last film. Like, the last film was a complete abomination. That was basically, like, a super liquor. These were actual liquors. Like, they were, they were you know, the right size, their CGI actually pretty damn decent for what it's worth. I mean, they were zipping around. They did exactly what they're, you know, supposed to do from the video games. It looked like they basically just plucked the character models from the video games and then put it right into the game, which, I mean, right, sorry, right into the movie, which I fucking loved about that. So, <laughs> it looks like all hope is lost. Like, the liquors are surrounding them. They're running out of ammunition. And here comes Alice crashing through the fucking church in a motorcycle, runs over one of the liquors, jumps off. I mean, no, does a backflip off the fucking bike. Starts shooting and shotgunning everybody left, right, and center. All kinds of fucking, you know, chaos and everything like that. Shooting the liquors and everything like that. And then that's it. Done for her. She fucking finished them all in one fell swoop. But it was just... It was just outrageous how this whole scene happened because in reality, she should have been dead from that first initial jumping through. I don't know if you, if, if I'm trying to describe like a church and that big ass window that's usually in every single church, the stained glass window, that's what she crashed out of and miraculously landed on one of the liquors just in the nick of time. It's just a very predictable action scene, let's put it that way. Few minutes later now, the devil dogs or the demon dogs, I still need to figure out the name of these damn you know, mutant zombie dogs. And they're chasing after Jill and another one of the leads, um, which is a young girl by the name of Ashley. We'll call her Ashley. Um, starts chasing after them or anything like that. So Alice now turns on gas or a propane tank. Just like the, the scene like cuts to her turning on the gas and then it cuts back to Jill and the little girl running away from the devil dogs. And I guess, like, she has this, like, fire blanket on. So she gets the fire blanket and lights a flare. Jill notices the plan that's going on. Maybe she smelt the gas. Maybe something. I have no idea. But Jill gets away. The little girl's falling right behind her. The little girl jumps into Alice's arms. Alice turns, the, throws the flare into the hallway, and the hallway explodes. And then they turn around, and all you just see is this big-ass explosion of you know, Alice and the little girl surviving this shit. And I'm like, that is by far one of the most unbelievably p 
pieces of fuckery I've ever seen on, on, on anything, in any medium. Like, one, she should have been dead on contact from that initial gas explosion. It's a fucking gas explosion. Unless that fucking flyer blanket was made from NASA or some shit like that. I mean, or vibranium or some shit. Like, there's no way they could have survived that. But, you know, movie logic. So, as far as the action is concerned, the characters are actually really good standouts. There's some really good standouts in this movie. Like, Jill Valentine, Sienna Gilroy's performance as Jill really spot on like to the point where she actually watched and played the video games just to get jill's movements right and it's crazy because there's this one scene where she's walking down a hallway and it's all super dark and she has that classic like jill walk and i thought it was really cool as she was like walking like walking towards everything like that even her outfit was on point because it was like the same almost almost the same exact outfit that jill wore in resident evil 3 uh nemesis um lj uh with mike Epps. So Mike Epps playing LJ, definitely the comic relief, definitely what this movie needed. Um, the last movie really didn't have, I mean, it had like witty banter, but it didn't have that one like comical like person to like, you know, keep the audience going and laughing. He definitely brought the laughs. So all the props to him. Really great character. And he didn't feel like a one-off. That's another thing. He didn't feel like one of those guys that like did nothing or anything like that. Like he's there and he does a little bit of work, but you like you really don't want to see him die. He's like one of those characters who are like, damn, I hope he doesn't like die a horrific death or some shit like that. And I'm glad he survived to the end. More on him on the next film. Uh, Odette Fair as uh, Carlos, like I said before, with the whole acrobatics and him jumping out. He's basically the macho of the film. He's basically, you know, shoot first, you know, take names later. Storm grenades, shooting like AK-47s or automatic weapons or whatever like that. I mean, he does his job for what it's worth so he's a pretty cool character at least and Mila Jokovic as Alice really don't understand why she was in this movie to be honest this movie could have been a spinoff that's just my personal opinion it could have just been a spinoff and it could have just left Alice out there but you know she's there I really didn't like how that what they did to her character at the end of the movie but we'll get to that in the dislikes um, it, like I said, it felt like a direct representation of the video game, so as far as, like, if you've never played Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, or, you know, the recent remake that just came out, highly recommend it. It's a really fantastic addition to the franchise. It gave more of a intense feel as far as, like, uh, the Nemesis character itself. I'm gonna talk a lot bit more him in the dislike section, because there's a lot I gotta pick about him. I got a bone to pick with this character, as far as in the movie is concerned. In the game, incredible character, because he's just a relentless, non-stop killing machine. He's basically like the Terminator of this franchise, which is pretty cool. Um, as far as the zombie kills are concerned in this game, in this movie, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's uh, one with the liquor in the aforementioned uh, church scene, where this one random dude that Jill and uh, her, her cohorts... Um, or her team, rather, uh, ran into, and he just basically just ran away from them instead of just staying with the group. So he goes into, like, another part of the church, and there's a liquor. It, it goes to, like, the camera, like, zooms into, like, this, like, liquor vision. So you see, like, what the liquor sees, even though they technically can't see. They t basically work off of echo location, because like I described before, it's basically one giant brain, and it's basically hypersensitive to, like, noise. So that was an actually cool scene in particular where the liquor's like on top of of uh the the roof of the church and you just see like this long tongue this like 
swirls around the guy and he doesn't notice it and then when he finally notices the liquor's tongue i wish the liquor like killed him or like choked him out with the tongue that would have been really cool but it does that whole like jump scare thing where it just like rawr and then that's it that guy dies a horrific death you don't really see the death it's like an off-camera death all you just hear is like the wilhelm scream and that's about it um there's another zombie kill where um the same reporter uh they go over to the schoolyard and then when they go to the schoolyard now um this the reporter is basically just snooping around she's had as she has her little handheld camera and everything like that. she's taking shots of like the carnage that's happening and there's like a little girl who she thinks is the one that they're trying to find but it isn't her it's basically a zombified you know school children school 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 kid and she turns around she bites her so then she bites her and she kind of like kicks her off and she turns around and there's like maybe like 20 fucking kids and they just swarm and just devour her it's a beautiful zombie kill so i want to say that's one of the best like zombie kills aside from that those are the only two i want to say horror moments of this movie this is definitely 110 percent an action movie this is nowhere near a horror movie it states in the wiki that it's an action horror film but I mean, I'm not scared, at least in the least sense. And then on top of that, it's 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 basically guns and zombies when it boils down to it. So I really don't understand where the horror aspect into it is. But I guess that's uh, for another time. I guess with this with this film or this franchise, hopefully they get into more horrific elements. Like I said, I don't really remember any movies past this point. So this is gonna be pretty interesting to see if they up the ante as far as like horror is concerned all right we're gonna go back into dislikes right after this break Alrighty, so dislikes have uh, well the cheesy dialogue um and pretty much the poor writing of this like the plot is so out there i mean it's trying to basically mimic or meld what made Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 so such, you know, memorable games in the franchise. Um, I do like that it's basically set now in Raccoon City. Like, the movie is primarily in Raccoon City. There's no laboratories, there's no weird random sewers. It's basically Raccoon City as a whole, and then basically, you know, just two, one or two other locations involved in said city, but it doesn't go, like, way out of there. There's no... AI or you know fucking sentient AI that's trying to kill everybody or anything like that is none of that there's weird voyeurism from another one of the leads Jared Harris is in this movie by the way I don't know why I didn't mention him in it before I felt like I just basically disrespected the man um, if you guys remember him from Chernobyl if you remember him from uh, the Queen he was actually in the Queen as well too really two really fantastic series um, but yeah he, he's in this as well too I kind of get the sense that he probably regrets being in this movie, but hey, it is what it is. Um, I'm going to talk more about the villains as well, too. They're pretty fucking horrible. As far as the cheesy dialogue is concerned, it's like that typical like action movie flair where uh, <laughs> I remember one of the characters, Nikolai, as a matter of fact, he shot one of the devil dogs and he just was like, sit. And of course, I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cringe about that because it's like it's like one of those like typical like fucking movie cliches where you have to. I felt like this whole movie was trying to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a way, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he's the only person that I, that can get away with this type of like cheesy ass behavior where. <laughs> 
case in point, in one of his movies, Eraser, he shoots a crocodile and he says, your luggage. One of the best damn Arnold Schwarzenegger lines I've ever heard in my life. But still, he can do it well. These actors, not so much. It, it literally turns this movie from like a solid B movie into like a, probably a D movie at best. It's pretty fucking corny and really fucking cheesy. Um, as far as like lame-ass characters are concerned, because there are a lot of them, let's go off with Nikolai. So Nikolai is Carlos's partner. Um, on this little, like, covert commando unit, I guess. He's, like, that generic fucking Russian dude that's there. What really pissed me off is that Nikolai in this movie is completely different from Nikolai in Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. And now, actually, what I'm thinking about it, his name was Mikael. But he was a villain, which I don't understand why they didn't bring him back into this movie because that would have been a really good plot point as far as, like, Carlos is concerned. That would have been a nice little side point. But no, we get Nikolai, the dumbass Russian dude, who's in this movie for probably, like, ten minutes. One for, well, about five for, five minutes worth of witty banter and five minutes worth of just dumbass decisions. The way he dies, even, is just fucking just hilarious to me. But whatever. R.I.P. Nikolai. Um, the random cops, there was a scene... A really cool action scene, as a matter of fact, where Nemesis uh, basically, um, it's like his first little, like, tease of, like, Nemesis in general as a character. And he basically finds these uh, members of Stars. Now, Stars is like this, like, um, covert, think of it like an upgraded SWAT team for Raccoon City. And these Stars um, officers were there, and they all got wiped out within a span of, like, fucking maybe 15 to 20 seconds. Uh, by Nemesis, but just them in general, like, it, it kind of pissed me off as a fan of this franchise to see Stars members just go down like that. Like, that would have been a cool product placement if they had, like, Barry in it, or if they had, like, fucking, I don't know, even Wesker could have been involved in this, and they probably could have portrayed him or something like that. That would have been cool, but no, we get these generic fucking yippee fucking lame-ass action heroes that were technically you know, supposed to be the heroes, but they got, you know, eviscerated within a matter of seconds. So, yeah, random guys, random stars, officers, go fuck yourself. Nemesis, oh boy. Nemesis was really bad in this movie. Nemesis was, <laughs> like, even the, the character design, it just looked like they literally put some dude in a rubber suit. I would have been even more convinced, it would have been more convincing if they at least added CGI to him, but they made him so practical to the point where it, it's just as bad as like the first Alien movie, where the Xenomorph was literally a guy in a rubber suit, and it was not the Alien itself. Like, that Alien is so unbelievably bad, and this Nemesis is so unbelievably bad that the comparisons between the two are actually kind of laughable when you think about it. Um, as far as, like, his action sequences, they're cool. He has, like, three particular action sequences that are great, but as far as, like, me getting into the realism of seeing, like, a rampaging, relent unrelenting fucking monster coming after you, I just couldn't help myself but giggle at how terrible his costume is or how absolutely god-awful the makeup is for his actual particular character like even his little his little neck hose thing that comes from his neck to i think like his shoulder 
literally looks like they just put like foil wrapping and dyed it red and put it onto it. It's so bad. I've seen cosplayers that look way better than this costume. That's how terrible this shit is. It, it, it's, it, it's fucking terrible. Um, as far as the other villain arc is concerned, uh, there's one villain that's played by Thomas Kirschman. Um, if you remember him, he was Baron von Stucker in uh, Age of Ultron. He was also the dad from Wanted. Um, he's been in a bunch of other like random like side movies or anything like that. But if you want to check out his work, definitely check out those two. Do not check out this movie because his villain is just basically that one-off scientist stooge. I don't even know if he was a scientist. I can't tell if he was either a scientist, an accountant that worked for Umbrella. Was he a CEO? I don't know what he was. He was just there just to send out Alice into the wild and basically test the Nemesis program, which I think was his baby, but it really wasn't his baby because there was another villain that was in the movie, but he was like closer to the end of the movie. But him, it's just so fucking confusing. I mean, to be honest, they could have just had a way better nemesis, and there you go. That could have been just been the main focus, just the nemesis not chasing after Alice, but chasing after everybody in general, and that would have been cool. Just, you know, have it be like, that would have been more horrific as far as more action-packed that I would have personally enjoyed as well as when I was enjoying it in the movies, or in the games as well, too. Um, Why was Alice in this? I really don't know. That's another one of my dislikes. Like, Alice had no reason being in this movie. Like, she didn't, even, she didn't even get the most screen time in this movie. As a matter of fact, Jill got more screen time than Alice did. And that is just crazy to me. Like, she was barely in this movie. For, like, the first, like, I want to say 30 minutes of the film, she was not in it. She, was, she, she didn't randomly appear into that church scene. But then again, once she appeared, it was just like, I don't like this. I don't like that she's, like, superhuman, that she can basically kick anybody's ass with... with the, without any effort of breaking a sweat. I hate that she can repel. This was so stupid, by the way. She, for some unknown reason, I don't know how, but she got into the roof of this big umbrella uh, building. And she repelled from the top of that all the way down to the bottom. And then kicked, like, seven dudes' ass. Seven, seven like, mercenaries or military dudes or security officers' asses. And she just walked away like nothing ever happened. And then she went right back up to the fucking rooftop. What was the point of you rappelling down, running down the side of the fucking wall, and then going down, kicking the dude's asses, and then go... The logic in that just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Go back and watch that. It just absolutely... And just see if what I saw was completely different than what basically the general public saw. Because that was just retarded. I'm sorry. It, 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 was, tar- it was horrible. God, it's fucking horrible. The dislikes, again, would be the unbelievable stunts. Some of the stunts in this movie are absolutely outrageous. Like, from the one that I was talking about with Carlos repelling off of a helicopter and doing the whole Mission Impossible thing, to Alice basically running down the fucking... running down the side of a building and kicking seven dudes' asses for no apparent reason, to the nemesis... The first time Nemesis and Alice met, she jumped... I like fucking the bionic woman 50 fucking feet high landed on top of a car jumped again as the car is being is blown up by a missile not a missile rocket launcher then nemesis for some odd reason could literally jump I mean granted in the game he could do this as well too but it's a little unbelievable to see that shitty fucking costume 
jumping another 30 feet in the air and landing on top of a car. It fucking, and then boots, those fucking boots look like something out of fucking Kingdom Hearts or a Final Fantasy game. So bad. Not even Barrett could wear those boots. Dude, Man, those fucking things sucked. As far as like, and as well as the fire blanket scene that I was talking about as well too, that was also unbelievable. So it's just the unbelievableness of these stunts that led me, that gave me a sour taste in my mouth. Like I like my action movies to have at least a bit of a a believability or reality, a sense of fucking realism to them. Not this fucking weird ass wire foo shit that I just watched. Um, it, It feels tonally different than the video game was. Like I said, it's based off of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, so there's a lot of like you know, elements of the game, but it basically differentiates from certain, you know, scenes from time to time. Like, there's not a lot of key characters that was in that game that was in this movie, which disappointed me. The main villain of that game should have been the main villain of this, but he wasn't, but I'm like, uh, okay, I guess so. We're going to change his name, and we're going to change him to a character that's way weaker and way more pathetic than he was in the actual video game. It's just... I just wish that these movies, I get it, they're doing their own thing and they're trying to, you know, break off of that element, but I just wish one of these movies at least could stick to the source material and get it right. They didn't get shit right with this movie. I'm just going to flat out say it right there. They didn't get a damn thing about it. As a fan of the franchise, none of this works. None of it. None not at all. Uh, <laughs> it's... I mean, those are basically my dislikes as far as the film is concerned. It sounds like I really do hate this movie. I don't hate it. There are things that I do like, but then the dislikes as well, too, are definitely weighing into this final score, of which we are going to get into when we close this out. So stay tuned for the next break. close this out i'm gonna give this a final score of uh, six out of ten it's by no means a good film but it works as far as what it gets the job done as far as getting the job done is concerned definitely definitely 110 percent. it is one of those action movies where you watch it you enjoy it or not and then you never see it again that's literally what it is i want to say for those who saw it in that opening weekend for $23 million, I think that was the first and only time they'll probably ever see it. Maybe they'll rent it, but I'm pretty sure nobody's going to rent Unless they're a super fan of this and okay, whatever, to reach their own. But I cannot see anybody wasting their money to go see this again and again. So I want to say the majority of that money probably went from overseas, either from China or maybe even the UK. They probably did well in. Um, in regards to basically... The premise of it and just the overall goofiness, that's what also led to the score. Like, it's just a goofy fucking movie. It's one of those movies where I don't even think the actors or even Paul W.S. Anderson in general even took seriously at all. Like, even him writing this, I guarantee you he was probably thinking in his head, like, ooh, how much money am I going to make out of this now? And he just wrote it, and there it was. So, I mean, you stay for the hilarity, but you come for the action. So, 
I mean, as far as the hilarity and the goofiness are concerned, it's a great time laughing at this movie. Also, some of the action sequences, if not most of the action sequences, as peppered throughout this movie, are pretty damn quality. So I'll give it that at least. It's 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 a pretty good showcase for how a shitty movie could possibly redeem itself just by the quality of certain scenes of the actual movie itself. So, for the most part, that's basically all I got for Resident Evil Apocalypse. This is a doozy of a film, but we got four more left to go. We have Extinction, we have Afterlife, we have Retribution, and then we're going to close it off with the final chapter. Now... As far as this episode's concerned, like I said, shoot me some comments. Like, give me any kind of feedback. Most of you who have listened so far has given me some sound feedback, so I really do appreciate it, and I thank you for that. Um, I do dedicate this episode to you guys, so you are you should know who you are if you're still listening. So, I mean, any kind of other feedback you guys have for me, by all means, shoot them off of me. Uh, one of my good friends actually pointed out that I made an error as far as, like, uh, my... Um, my names or my handles that I was talking about because I recently changed them and I completely forgot I did. So I do apologize if people are trying to reach out to me through uh, my other you know network medias and I gave you some inf- misinformation. So here we go. As far as Instagram is concerned, you can find me on Instagram. My name on there is Verified Bullock. Verified Bullock. All one word, simple, short, sweet to the point. Twitter as well, too. Same exact name. Verified Bullock for Twitter. Uh, if you want to find me on basically uh, any other medium, I'm still working on that as of right now. I'm in the process of creating a brand new Facebook page for this podcast. I'm in the process of creating some other, you know, networking ideas as well, too, that I'm trying to fit into this as well, too. Just trying to get my voice and or the show out there to more, 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 more people. Not just my friends in general, but also just... In general, as he says fiendishly, as he spins around his little supervillain chair. Um, as far as any other comments, questions, or concerns, you can always shoot me up on here as well too. I'm on Anchor. Uh, this podcast can be found right now on Google Podcasts. You can also find it on Spotify as well too. There's a bunch of other random podcast uh, websites that I have really familiarized with. I haven't got the confirmation for Apple um, Music yet or Apple Podcasts yet, but I have a feeling it's in the works. As a matter of fact, I need to get in touch with whoever runs this to see how that goes about as far as getting it out to Apple users as well, too. Because I know most of you who are Apple, um, Apple-owned products kind of, you know, like to stick to basically Apple itself, which I get it. It is what it is with that. But for now, the best ways you can listen right now are on Spotify or Google Podcasts. You can definitely find me over there. I've checked. I've verified. They should be on there, hopefully with no hitches and no delays. So, um, As far as what I've been... Uh, got cooking up in the mix as well, too, I want to say next week you might have a bonus episode. Fingers crossed if everything goes according to plan. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I definitely want to review this. Like This is a game I've been waiting, waiting for since the first announcement. For, for, yeah, since the first announcement when they announced it at like, E3 aeons ago. It seems like now, and I really want to do a full-fledged review on it. So stay tuned for that. I'm in the process of playing that. I think I'm like past the halfway marker of it. I'm about 60% of the game done. 
So once I finish that, let's believe I will be doing a full-fledged review. That'll probably be a nice little bonus episode to get the ball rolling. But as far as next Wednesday is concerned, we have Resident Evil Extinction. That is definitely coming. It is the third Resident Evil movie of this uh, Resident Evil retrospective. Hope you guys are looking forward to it. Um, hope you guys are also, you know, staying so safe and healthy as well, too. You know, it's trying times we live in as well, too. So hopefully this podcast brings a little bit of light into your lives. Stay tuned for next week, folks, and I will see you later.